Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Ray, joined by my effervescent co-hosts, uh, Josh and Mike. Hey, say what hello, up? boys. Hello. That's a good Gentlemen. word for it. Folks. Uh, I w before we get to the serious news, because there's a lot of serious news, let's get to the fun stuff. Uh, I'm going to be greedy and go first. I've been playing a lot of Sekiro, all right? We we are diving in. We're diving no banter. In. No. Right. No, no banter. No bants. No bants no, today. No, no bants today. No bants. Uh, Mike suggested to me long ago. I do love Soulsborne style games. I'm cool on Dark Souls too. I uninstalled it from my hard drive just to let you know how I feel about Dark Souls. I don't. 2. Uh, we should do it. That would be an interesting thing for us to do: is do a Dark Souls two playthrough and be like. What's going on with this game? Like, I want... <laughs> hmm, Dark Souls 2. What it's, a thing. It's not what I wanted for a sequel to Dark Souls. Dark Souls 3 is kind of what I wanted, but I got really lost, and then I took a couple months break, and I went back to it, like, a couple weeks ago. I was still really lost, and an enemy killed me in two hits, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to this a little I later. I fell off the wagon around on Dark Souls 3 around the DLC, but I think the core, uh, core Dark Souls 3 was great. Uh... I love how you say I fell off the wagon after I beat the game and started playing the extra content. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. you, got, you got your money's worth. <laughs> they got some really good boss fights in that game, I think. Is, is this something where I, you know, I should get through the first Dark Souls live and then experience Dark Souls 2? Or is, is this, this too advanced for a mere pleb like me? Uh, um, Dark Souls 2 is not fun. Is Dark, yeah, Dark Souls 2 is oh, so the it's least the same user game friendly. As Dark Souls 1. No, Dark Souls 1 is legitimately fun, but not fair to a new person. Because it's not meant to be fair to a new person. Um, Dark Souls 2 is even worse at that, if you could believe it. Yeah. Like yeah. Dark Whereas the first boss of Dark Souls 1 is teaching you that your buttons work, the first boss of Dark Souls 2 is a... And I'm talking about um, the Punisher, specifically, Michael. Uh, not the Punisher. Um, the big the the pursuer, the that's it. The pursuer the juggernaut. is a, He's a huge skill check. He's not a fair skill check. He's not a fun skill check. There's no really simple way to cheese or beat him. You just have to be on top of your shit. And it's it's not fair. It's not fun. Yeah. And God help you if you die, because you have to hope you don't get hit by all the people shooting arrows at you on your way to him. And it's not great. It's, it's, it's Man, not my Dark Souls game. 2. <laughs> I... Um, Dark but anyways, uh, I decided, anyways. and I promised I wasn't going to buy any Activision games in 2019, but I, it's 2020, so I finally got Sekiro at Mike's suggestion. Oh boy! That might, this might be actually one of my favorite Soulsborne's game. I, I, I would suggest Josh play it, except I got to the part that Mike has been teasing me about for a week. I got to this boss named Ganichiro Ashina. Took me five hours to beat him. Um, there's no simple way to beat him either. You can't cheese him. No, you just no. gotta... No, no, no. I mean, I think that is... that. I think that boss fight is, like, what turned me on. Like, because I, I was enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that boss fight... Um, I think, like, what I said about Sekiro last year is that that's the one that pushes you to absolute... Like, that's the absolute hard check of, do you get this game? Yeah. And if you, like... Once you get past, like if by getting past him, it shows that you get that game, 
mm-hmm. and just like when he rails out one of those whole combos and you perfect block every oh, single hit it feels so good it, it feels incredible it's so good because he's uh i'll explain for josh there are two types of damage in the game there's vitality damage and that's just a health pull all right yeah Fuck that noise when you're fighting Ganichiro. No, what you want is the posture damage, boy. And that's where they get staggered. They're like, oh, no, you blocked my attack. Oh, I feel so weak for it. And you see a little damage gauge building up there. And so when he does a seven-hit combo, you're like, what, 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 what? There's nothing that Ganichiro can do about that. He's got half a posture damage gauge build, and you're like, what's about to happen next? You're about to get stabbed in your fucking neck. It's about what's you're just like, next. You're just like uh, Principal Skinner in that one meme where he's like, pathetic. Pathetic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now granted, I got that part down after hour like two and a half. It's the third form where he starts throwing lightning out of his sword that kept resetting. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Uh, you need to learn how to deflect lightning, and uh, the game d- never gives you a chance to practice at that. You learn or you die. Well, you know, you read the you read the scroll on the wall that teaches you how to. I I said practice, not just read the. Text. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it was, well, then, well, there's your practice right there. So you're the, good. They they give you the opportunity. They're like, by the way, you might need to know how to do this um, because uh. Because uh, you'll need to know in, oh, two minutes from now. What? What? <laughs> I love, um, I know we're still talking about Ganitro, but uh, I love how when the cutscene starts, Sekiro gets into position and gets into a stance with his sword. He's like, hold on, Lord. This will only take a minute. And me looking at the watch literally five hours later, I'm like, uh-huh. It was a long <laughs> Those cutscenes are so good, too. Those are, those are, uh, those are Dragon Ball Z minutes. Yeah, that. <laughs> oh yeah. Goku, five the planet's minutes, gonna blow up in five minutes. <laughs> Thirty-eight the, episodes later. The rest of the game so far is great. I love the. I'm sure people have said this before, but I'll say it as well. I love the verticality of the game. You're never just restricted like an other Soulsborne game to so just a single plane. You can go up. You can go around. Yeah. If you get into a bunch of trouble, you could repel out of there like Spider-Man. I love getting the drop on mini-bosses. The mini-bosses have two health bars, and most of them have an opportunity where you could just ninja down and stab them in their damn neck before they even see you and take off one of those health bars. And that feels so good, because as much as I... It's a great, like... I feel like at a surface level, you could look at Sekiro and be like, oh, it's just another Dark Souls game, but there are so many things that are, like, so completely different. Yeah. Um, it's way and, more uh, forgiving, also. Yeah, what do, what was like? So for me, like the the mini boss I was stuck on forever was, I think it's in the same area where you fight Lady Butterfly. Um, oh, Juzo the, the drunkard. Uh, no, not the drunkard guy. Like he's not even like a. I think he's like a mini boss technically, but like the guy with the spear. Oh, um. Uh, oh, 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 the... I know who you're talking about. He, uh, he's at the Harada Mansion. It's the Shinobi Hunter. Yeah, that guy. That... Oh, I... No, I I pieced out mm. him on the first try. I took away his first health bar by waiting until he went by to sniff some flowers. And as he's oh, bent yeah. over, that... you're like, ah, Ninja Knife! Right in the neck. <laughs> yeah, that was the one for me that was like... I just got stuck on that guy, and I was like, "Why can't I do this?" But it's like that's it. That's like kind of just one of those hard skill check guys of like, do you know what to do when the screen flashes the red button? 
yeah, you have to hit the Mikuri counter, yeah. which is that move. That move makes you feel oh, like a so man. Good. I'll describe it to you, Josh. What it does with the spear enemy is this: what you do with the spear, you'll lunge towards the enemy. But if you hit Mikuri counter, which is a very uh, it's a skill check type move, you push forward into the danger of the sphere and you press circle. And don't worry, there's no there's no button timing window in this move. You can just jam the circle button on your PS4. And he stabs the sphere down into the ground and mean mugs the person with the spear and you're like oh what you're gonna do if their posture meter is full then he stabs them in the neck oh i love that so take that humiliating that, that, that posture nice, damage that nice last minute before they die and being like what you want motherfucker you can do that to kanichiro he has a uh large katana and he does a stabbing and you can make a root counter him i only did it three times but each time i felt like a goddamn man because he's kicking my ass, and then when he stabs at me, slam! And you look right at him. <laughs> like, what else you got? What's now, it going to be, sir? a PS4 exclusive, right? No. No, no. it's on PC. Oh, it's on you PC, can... too. Okay. Yeah, you, uh, I think it's on Xbox One as well. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to play it, but, you know, I was just curious. I actually would recommend it. It's it, For all the Soulsborns games, I'd say it's... One of the easiest? My my back catalog's already way too big. I don't need another. <laughs> it also does something other Soulsborne's games don't let you do, which uh, Mike said that other games should let you do this. And this does you could do button remapping. If you don't like the fact that your attacks are on the triggers, you can put them on the face buttons if you want. It's right there in the menus. Yeah, it's pretty cool about that. Every it's, game should have button remapping. Like I agree with you. The, the fact that it, there are games that that is not in is absolutely asinine in this day and age, but that's just, you know, my little soapbox. No, no, I, I'm 100% with you. Ray, it, I can't remember. If, uh, did, you get, did you get got by the woo guy? Oh, fuck yeah, I did. I, I thought I, I knew it was coming, too, woo! because I said this area looks familiar. <laughs> I better be on my guard. Woo! <laughs> I love oh the woo my guy. God, God. We love the oh woo guy, don't we, folks? We love I, him. I'm not gonna lie to you. It caused my heart rate to jump. I was really fucking terrified when I. Because you just kind of look. You're like, what? Because <laughs> it it looks like he's not coming as fast as he is, but no, he is a comet. <laughs> it's so good. I, I love it and I hate oh, it at the same guy. time. You, if you look off in the distance, you can see him coming, but you have to know what it is you're looking for. You're like, you're like something's approaching. What you're is like, that? What is and that by the time you realize there? what's about to happen, it's too late. It's, it's <laughs> funny every time. You can't parry it. You can't jump out of the way because he's like target locked. <laughs> <laughs> Download <Okay>. complete. Download <laughs> complete. <laughs> And if you don't have enough health, it's an instant kill, which is hilarious each and every time it happens. Uh, I did... He didn't kill me immediately. I want to be clear. He knocked my health down to, like, 12% or something really low. I take a sip from my healing gourd, but unlike the other uh, enemies of that stage, his weapons are on fire. So that was awful to deal with. He, he's as not they, a good as enemy. They as they do. And he's fast. Okay. That... So so far, Sekiro Soapbox, um, it's really, really fun. The Some of the bosses, most of them are a pushover. Some of them are really hard. The ones that are included to me that are really hard, obviously, Ganesha Roshina, 
Lady Butterfly was. I just looked up online how to cheese her. I, I'm 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 gonna own up. There's a way to cheese her. I looked it up yeah. how to do it. It's is it cheesing though? You sidestep attack. If you do sidestep attack, you lock her into a pattern to where she can't get out of it. I think the game is telling you to do that because it gives you that little menu hint saying, by the way, you should sidestep fast enemies. I'm like, yeah, good to, whatever. I'll just try to beat her my own way and it didn't work. And uh, Juzu the Drunkard was also a very hard one for me. Not because he's difficult, but because he's surrounded by eight guys. Yeah, there are some, uh, there are some bosses you're kind of coming to, coming up to soon that I think, I think Sekiro the its weakest is when it kind of when it has almost more dark souls like fights mm-hmm. um and you'll know what i mean by that when you see them uh yeah i'm curious but, what um, you mean some of those i feel like sometimes the camera gets a little wonky in some of those fights oh. and it just it feels like it gets away from like the kind of parry <laughs> combat that you really want to do in Sekiro it feels like it kind of gets away from that for a little bit which is kind of a bummer there was an optional boss, the Lone Shadow Swordsman, and I bitched to you about that because. Oh my god, is, he's dude! The really lock fast. on, the lock on on that axe kick thing. It's like you dodge behind him, and he's just like whoop, and he's just like, oh, you, you thought you could dodge away from this kick? Well, fuck you! It'll track you across yeah, it, the planet. Did you jump? It's tracking up. Did you dodge to the side? He's a target locked. It's already coming towards. He's you. He's just like, let me just pirouette on my. Uh, other toe here while I'm about to axe kick you in the face. As I said, Three, I, 360 degrees or whatever. It's, it's insane. I told you that before, I don't mind fighting another ninja. I hate fighting another ninja in a hallway in a cave where I can't move and they expect me to get perfect parries. Oh! That's another Just thing. wait till some of those guys start showing up as regular enemies. Oh, Just, for fuck's wait. sake. You know how that, you know how, uh, um, uh, from software does that thing where it's like, hey, remember this boss earlier is now just a regular enemy? Remember how that happens? Oh, you mean <laughs> like Doom Eternal? Yeah. Uh. Remember, remember how that's a thing that happens in games sometimes? Uh, just, just, just a reminder. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up here with Sekiro. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it so far. I'm not loving the PS4 version. The base PS4, maybe on PS4 Pro, it's fine because I complain saying the game has an unlocked frame rate to its discredit because it's at an uncomfortable 45 at most times when it can go as high as 60. Mm, but uh, at most times it goes to 30, but it chooses whenever to switch its frame rate. So when you're trying to get frame-perfect attacks and blocks, you especially during the Ganichiro fight, oh my god, it, it just should have just locked the game to 30 if you couldn't get 60. Yeah, that seems weird. It's, PC version's great, though. Yes, I would highly advise the PC opinion. version. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I want to talk about games that Josh has played, because I know you beat Doom Eternal, and you have words about certain enemies in Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 Ray, maybe at some point you and I just do a do a Doom Eternal-like spoiler cast discussion. Um, oh, you could spoil away. Like, the entire internet spoiled the whole damn thing. But... Boy, howdy, do some of those late game boss have become regular enemy sections get really, really tedious. You're talking about the Marauder, aren't you? Yeah, I, so I'm, <laughs> I am not going to lie. I bumped down the difficulty 
so that I could continue on. Um, I, I had hit a point where I was playing the same section for hours. Which section? Which section? Um, what? I'm trying to remember exactly where I said, fuck this noise, I'm done. Was it the Marauder and there's a snake, the Whiplash enemy, and you're all in a tiny room? No, I remember that, that area, and that area was very frustrating. Um, I do, I, was... I do remember the, um, the 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 blade like the gun that you can charge that basically becomes like a giant the, arbal the arbalist. Yeah. That um that actually really helped me in that fight. Um, okay. No, it was it was much later in the game, like around the time where you're unlocking the portals. Um, mm -hmm. There was like a like a marauder section. And I just, I could not get past it. And, like, it was at one of those points where, like, I know what I need to do. I Just the way I rolled, I didn't get enough. I just can't get enough health and ammo. Like, it's just, I can't do it. I, like, if I maybe sat down and really, like, focused, focused and, and practiced, I could get it. But, like, I'm just, like, I, I'm so close to the end of the game. I have enjoyed everything so far but i'm like i just want to see the conclusion of yeah. this story i just want to have some nice quick fast-paced demon killing moments and i want to get out yeah the marauder but, is a real pace breaker but that being said the ending of that game the, the the last two major boss fights are both incredibly incredibly satisfying though i also had that moment of like oh my god if I were playing this on one of the higher difficulties, I don't know how the heck you could get through that without dying a thousand times. Oh, uh, you're talking about the very, very last boss? Yeah, the, I mean, even even just pl fighting the con maker before you play the fight the Icon of Sin, both of those... Uh, obviously, the Icon of Sin is a much more difficult fight, and um, you've got a lot more going on, a lot more to manage... But even the con maker fight, like that's a fight that I feel like, with the way that she does some aerial, you know, area denial towards the end, you mm -hmm. know, really limiting where you can be physically in the space, um, you know, could be very, very frustrating if you're playing on one of the higher difficulties that demands very, very precise action and timing. Um, but I mean, overall, I really liked the game i liked the gameplay i thought the combat was fun even though there were some areas that were bang your head against the wall frustrating um i i liked where they kind of like just fucking blew out the story and said hey everything is nuts and really you know i liked the expanded learning about you know the origins of argent energy learning about um, you know, learning about the demonic world, learning about the other realms that were in this kind of, you know, love-hate relationship with demons and what they what they meant. Um, you know, this this ancient world in decay. I really appreciated all that story. Um, you know, I'm very mm -hmm. curious to see as to how like where they go from here. Because in the end of Doom 2016, they left it pretty open-ended of like, okay, you don't know what's coming next, but like, 
some big stuff's coming. Like, yeah, think things things are out there. You know, that get paid ready. off too. But like, Doom Eternal, it's like you you besides like fixing up the world after everything. You know, they they kind of leave it open ended because you know, Doom Guy does Doom Guy stuff really well. So if you if you follow the timeline of like the Doom games, Doom One, yeah, he's on Mars and he accidentally finds himself in hell and he has to fight his way out of hell. Then he returns to Earth and he's like, "Oh no, Earth is being invaded by demons." Then it's Doom Two, and then Doom Two is like, "I'm gonna kill all the demons on Earth." Then I'm gonna kill all the demons in hell, and then you do that in Doom Two and kill the icons. Then Doom Three is a side story. But yeah, <laughs> Doom Three. Doom guy has a picnic. Doom Three. We don't talk about. We don't talk about Doom Three. You no, have to Doom, hold a flashlight. Doom Three actually is canon. Okay, so in the story of Doom uh, Eternal, you saw how the the Sentinel Knights bring in the Doom guy, and he's talking about how blood is, uh, how there's monsters, how there's big guts, how he must rip and tear, and so much. Uh, at the end of Doom Three, you get dragged into hell and you assume that the doom marine just like dies at the end of doom 3 and so this time this closes the loop like no this entire time he's been fighting and killing demons in hell with his bare hands and he's gotten so goddamn good at it the demons threw him in the sarcophagus and then threw that sarcophagus into a pyramid and said we just can't deal with him anymore we just, just don't touch. Don't yeah, no exactly. touch him. Not, not only that, but that, that the Doom guy got down there and was so good at what he did the, that this ancient army of sentinel warriors basically ascended him through the ranks to basic to be their top person. Like, yeah. he went from just some random dude they pulled down to fight in an arena, you know, gladiator style, to... Hey, you're kind of like the dude now. So, rip and tear, buddy. Mm. Uh, keep doing what you're doing because you're really fucking good at it. Please yeah, don't I mean, join the other side. I I really I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, they thought I, he was going to get lost in the thrall of the mid-level marketing scheme of hell <laughs> demons, but you know, he just some of those some of those top players just really really go all the way to the top. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. I uh <laughs> you do bring up a good point. I don't like at the end of Doom Eternal since now they tie all five of those Doom games together. Um what's he going to do next fight Satan himself? Uh, as they say, where do we go from S. here? Hayden. His it's it S Hayden. I mean, they could S Hayden. They could do the Dragon Ball Z thing of like, yeah, we've we just made Goku kill the equivalent of God. What's after this? Oh. Super um, God, exactly. God you, you, no, they, that's exactly what they did. <laughs> they said, "What if God was afraid of another God?" <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of have to do that because, like, he he killed everybody else. So, unless unless Doom Three, you know, the next Doom is just. Um, is actually a Civ game, and it's Doom Guy now runs the planet and has to, you know. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna do a God of War reboot and punt. All the demons are just gonna punt him to another mythology and hope he hope he, you know, someone else can handle it. 
Doom I guy actually, has to go fight Mecha Hitler. Exactly. I, I actually really do appreciate a side story how God of War 4, Dad of War handled that. He was like, well, he's killed literally every god, including Zeus. So he just hops into another reality. <laughs> and says, I guess I'm going to kill these gods now. Hey. Gotta they hinted at some pretty cool stuff in that game, too. Like with yeah. the world and stuff. I should replay that game. That's a great game. Does it have DLC? I, don't I mean, know. every game has DLC. This one might not. I don't know. It, I it was. I don't know. It was actually kind of a very Can't honest remember. purchase. You pay your sixty bucks. You get your game. You you feel good. You move on. You play through the game. You don't do the awful Pegasus like Valkyrie fights, and then you're they're good. not bad. You play Dark. Yes, Souls. they are. They're Shut Dark up. Souls fights. They're terrible. Oh, oh. They're not fun. <laughs> yeah. fun Ray. Doom Eternal though, I I give it a recommend despite the fucking clambering and ridiculous uh <laughs> ridiculous marauder fights that's what it looks like when he's going up the no except it's really fucking fast yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't look natural at all it, i get they wanted to keep doom guy's speed in there because he's inhumanly fast but it just looks silly they should have done like they should have done like a hulk thing where he just like puts his hand in once and then just like throws himself up yes I would instead have of like it's, it's, it's like they cast the spider-man as the rock I, or like I cast the rock as spider-man they did like, the, the fast thing just to be like yo you know this is ridiculous we know this is ridiculous so we're gonna make it look a little silly because doom guy shouldn't crawl like this but here he goes <laughs> I felt all the platforming in that game, like the platforming specifically to get from one area to the other, was. I get why it was there. It was to break up the tension because your heart rate is racing at a hundred beats per minute during every battle, because every battle you have a very limited ammo, very very limited health. Everything can kill you. Even a basic zombie can kill you in like four hits, two hits if you don't have armor. So every you're constantly at knife's edge. And they're just like, well, calm down. You're going to calm down and go to another place. It's going to be like Super Mario Galaxy. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, but my, my, oh. my problem with that is, like, in a few places when they did some of those, like, the big jumping sections with the, the kind of catapult things, you got to enjoy, you know, the skybox and a lot of the environment and the really gorgeous yeah. scenery. But other times when you're just jumping around like that you don't get to enjoy the environment because your face is plastered for a wall and you're looking for the green glow yeah. to find out where to glom on to next like i would have just rather having you know some sort of like just smaller corridor to walk through and explore a little bit to just better enjoy the horrifyingly beautiful environments that they created it did become very um, predictable. And this is, by the way, I think Doom Eternal is one of the best games ever made. I think it's really, really good. But it it does have its, like, small flaws, I want to note. Uh, it became very predictable when you found, like, the map of the game and you could tip of each level. And you could typically find them pretty easy. And then you're just like, okay, how many battles are actually in this map? And you could see each little battle arena encounter... And I, I got to the point near the end of the game where I'm just like, okay, I got like six battle encounters left. Let's just keep that in mind. And the level design is, it's built very video game-esque. Because it's just like, oh, there's a bunch of floating sarcophaguses and they have a timer on them. You know what you're going to do here, Mr. Doomslayer. And you're like, what, what happened to Doom 2016 where the world felt very lived in? It felt like a Mars center. You didn't really question 
while you were jumping over here and jumping over there. It was like, it, it felt like an actual factory. It felt like a giant reactor and whatnot. And then when you got to hell, it was very chaotic looking. The places that you could jump just sort of made sense, and then sometimes it didn't make sense that you could jump here. Here it's like, as you were saying, no, it's very defined. Here are the green little lighting points to tell you where to go. And here's the little purple areas to tell you, yeah, maybe you should only go here if you want to do the side missions and whatnot. It's, it's too signposted. And I like mm -hmm. Doom Eternal, but yeah, the signposting became really, really, really obvious at a certain point. And that's fine. That's still fine, because it's still, at the end of the day, a video game. It's a very... When you get to the Doom hub, uh, what, what do they call that? The Doom Castle or Fortress the... of Doom? Oh, I'm sorry, my fault. The Fortress of Doom. My the... apologies. <laughs> when you get to the Fortress of Doom and you get to his like study or his hovel or his office or whatever, and he's got an Argent Energy like rock guitar, you're like, okay, game. I, I see where you're going with this. All right. The Fortress uh, of okay, Doom is one on. of my favorite places. Like you could just spend two hours exploring all the nooks and crannies and little easter eggs of the fortress of doom and all the stuff that they have in there and you can just imagine like doom guy getting back after you know an evening of slaying and just being like i'm gonna flick my bobbleheads a little bit i'm gonna put my trophy here and uh you know i'm gonna play this argent energy guitar my my favorite Easter egg is he has like a couple boxes of like pizza. You're like, what the fuck? Why? Who <laughs> delivered this? Who delivered this and how? Who who did? Earth is under attack by demons. Where did you get this pizza? <laughs> I mean, if we Ray, if we've learned anything from the past, you know, five months, it's that you are definitely going to be working during the apocalypse. <laughs> yes. And there's and there's nothing that will keep. You will work until you are dead. What yep. is that? There is a one-ton demon with guns for arms outside your house. It's not a reason for you not to be here by 9.30, Jim. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. Do you, do I will say, <laughs> my one disappointment of the game is I was really hoping that during the Icon of Sin fight, that big Doom guy-looking mech in the Fortress of Doom was going to play some part in it. I was hoping that too. I'm like, please let's use this during the final boss fight. I don't care how dumb it is. I just love Mecha. And this is a. This mech looks like the Doom guy. Come on! Do it! Yeah, <laughs> please! I mean, do there's, it. there's a part in the game where you, you're in some area. I forget. It might be in hell. It might be somewhere else. Where, like, there are literally deactivated ones of those and then other giant. Um, titans like all just kind of littered around the landscape so like obviously they were used at some point and doom guy brought this onto the fortress of doom for a reason so you know it's really like come on let's do it but you know maybe maybe doom 3 that's when we'll get to hear me out see that bad boy brought out because i don't know what they're going to call the next title because this title doom eternal uh the word eternal kind of it's really hard to follow up on and the ending of this game is really hard to follow up on hear me out Doom, but you're in a Gundam. Now, I want you to sleep on that for a little bit. I'm Sold. there. Sold. Yeah. I'll, I'll pre-order that shit. As long as they give me a little Gundam figuring, a Doom Gundam figure. The more I talk about this, the more I want this to be real. <laughs> they also need to make Dynasty Warriors Doom Slayer. Huh? <laughs> uh, I, I need to go call Mr. Bandai real quick. Excuse me. A Musaur, a Musaur Doom game, that 
if there's any, if there's only, if there's one person who could fight the Doom guy, it is Lubu. <laughs> He's the only person who would stand a chance. Okay. Also has ripping electronic electric guitar themes, like kills thousands of people without blinking an eye. Lubu or Genichiro Ashina? No, Genichiro could not. No, that's that's no. dangerous. I really want to play some Dynasty Warriors now. Okay, but that's enough about Doom. Um, Mike, we should talk about a game that you and I have both been playing a little bit of. Um, the fo- the 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 free follow up to what 2016 2017's game of the year super hot mind control delete yes uh i am not too far in i've got about like an hour i think so really not that far in i think i've got uh, about 2 hours in it seems to be a kind of run based uh super hot game yeah so when i when i first started it i was I almost got a little disappointed at, at what I thought was going to be the length. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of hop in, you, you play a couple levels, um, you know, things look very familiar. Uh, looks like they you mm-hmm. know might have reused some of the uh, levels from the first game. And then you hit some you hit some credits. And I was like, oh, OK. Well, I, th- I-, th- I thought that was pretty. There's like. Like that, there were some pretty good moments. Like even I don't think there's too much like a a heavy plot, but I feel like there's a good amount of like story still happening. Yeah, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. I've seen a couple of little snippets, like yeah, so here like, and there. I won't I won't go into any more detail about like you know what what happens after that, but it's kind of a you know I'm getting the sense of like you know. You're you're not supposed to be continuing on to dive deeper to find out more, um, to uncover more from what you did in the original Super Hot, and it's almost as if the you know the game is trying to get you to quote unquote stop um, uncovering. But um, it's definitely more Super Hot. But I I feel that the slight tweaks that they have made to the Mm -hmm. original super hot formula are very interesting and add a good layer to the the combat and the the way that that game operates um that doesn't feel a not true to the original and b uh, like it's you know unnecessarily tacked on to a good formula yeah, I I agree. Like I think, um, I think some like I I kind of like all the because as you kind of go through what seems to be like a run, you'll get different like hacks, which are kind of like your, you know, like your rogue light kind of modifiers. So, you know, sometimes you'll have like can oh. move faster, more bullets and guns, like faster recharge of abilities on kills. So kind of stuff like that that you pick up and have for the rest of the run. Um. So I, I definitely am kind of enjoying a couple of the little gameplay tweaks. Like even with some of the, I don't know if you've seen like some of the enemy types, but some of them have like cert, like they're only vulnerable mm-hmm. in certain areas, which I think is a good little change up. Like, I think they a, did. There's also a couple that you cannot like. Let's say you know your typical mo is when you see somebody with a gun and you don't have anything, you pick up any object, throw it at them, and the gun starts flying towards you. Well, there are some enemies where their weapon is red and does not separate from them. 
So you oh. you can't just like throw something at them and their gun flies to you. They're not going to shoot you, mm-hmm. but they're also still going to have that gun, so you better close that gap and figure something else out pretty quickly. Yeah, and um I, I like one thing I'm kind of, I need to play more of it, but like I am kind of curious about how like like I really like Super Hot. I'm curious about how the premise kind of holds up as like a run-based game. Um just because a lot of those I, I I guess it's like I think a lot of run based games really succeed when there's a lot of like you know there, there's like a lot of depth to um, the kind of runs everyone kind of feels different um, and I hope that this game kind of can kind of replicate that and kind of because just so it's like because you you start like you're like oh this is the sewer level this is the casino level so it's like and there isn't like too it kind of feels like there isn't too much change in like the like how um mm-hmm. the core game goes from run to run like for in something like slay the spire um uh, yeah obviously they're like really different games but like if i pick up a different card um that I, I it can put I can build around that in a completely different way than I did in the previous run because I didn't get that card. And so I hope that there's I, I guess that's my kind of question is like I, I definitely like it so far. I just want to see if there's that how much kind of really good deep like kind of variety there is in the like longer term with that game. But so far I think it's it's uh I'm really liking it. I think that super hot aesthetic is very slick and still very it um as the kids say it uh <clears throat> whips ass. Um and, and like I think it, it was I think it's free to anyone who already had super hot. Yeah, it's so free to anybody if you, who owns super hot. Um I can confirm this. It was just sitting in my Steam library. Yeah. yeah. So if is if you like if you already have super hot this is a hundred percent worth checking out. Yeah, and if you haven't played Super Hot, go play Super Hot. It's one of the Some most innovative of the, shooters of all time. Some would say it's one of the most innovative shooters of all time. Some might say it's twenty sixteenth or seventeenth yeah. game of the year. Some might say that. Um, but yeah, wow. I, I'm I'm very I'm very curious to see where they they go with that and and you know experiencing the rest of this part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have nothing really left to say. I've been really enjoying that so far. Uh, before we get into other games, you guys want to talk about the more serious news of the evening? Yeah, if we're going to lead off the news segment here, we should probably start with the big stuff. Let's go. With, let's just let's just jump right in. Let's just hop into the pool. Uh, Water's fine, saw- kids. Ubisoft is uh, in a lot of hot water, justifiably. Uh, It's turned out they've had a lot. I don't know how many. Um, And that's not fair to the victims, of course, but I actually don't know. A lot. One is more than enough, but a whole lot of sexual allegations. I mean, it's based on just the... uh, I think we're all kind of basing our discussion around an article in Bloomberg here from Jason Schreier about the... I mean, you. We don't know how many you could there would you know experiences on record there are 
and, and it's and even yeah. if there are even if you don't have an exact count on record based on just the culture that you the cultural vibe that you get from ubisoft just from the absolute tippy top of this company all the way down there are i'm just easily going to say there's hundreds of cases that we will never hear about just oh, because yeah. it discovered didn't get reported slipped on the rug just because of the i mean this, this is going to sound like this is going to sound more SJWE than I mean it to, but there's just an intense braggadocious bro culture like that. It kind of like that is is so dated. No, I, I it, it's like well, it's like saying that. yeah, like um, I mean they're talking about like that. yeah, like they're having meetings at like at like a strip club or whatever. It's like c- come on, like really, like who does that? Like it's not that like what? That's it was. Just, I mean, just, and, and that's, and just like that attitude is just across everything that these like is going off uh, across with Ubisoft, with the founding family of Ubisoft, which is very weird. The five brothers, uh, with Gives Your Mo, uh, leading the charge, the middle brother, but he didn't he like fire two of his brothers because of sexual allegations. I think he like ousted two of them. I'd have no. to re- re- yeah, I think I think a couple of the brothers were part of that big executive call that happened um, a couple weeks ago. So, you know what? It's like the all you know five ten executives have been removed in the last few weeks. So, uh, and I I would not be surprised if because of this we see a few more um, higher higher-ups departing the company because you, you imagine that if that culture has been permeating for so long, it's not just limited to the people that have already fallen because of it. They might need to just clean house of their HR and just, like, start that fresh. I don't know. Because if you have that much, like, human resources hiding these allegations, very serious allegations, and burying it and just hoping it'll go away. There was one part in the article where, like, Yes, this woman was right, and yeah, the guy got a talker to, and the woman got a gift card. You're like, what dystopian nonsense did I just fucking read? Gave her a gift card? For that was wild. It's just like, <laughs> sorry about that. Here's a five dollar. Enjoy, card. enjoy the topic. Like, enjoy the Qdova. Like most dirty thing you can Q-dova. do to try and. Oh, it's at. It's ridiculous. Like, like I was thinking about that. It was like I would get. I know this isn't actually true, so don't don't like yell at me or whatever. Actually, please do, so I can own you. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it's almost like kind of insult. Like it's it's like I almost rather it's I can't decide if it's like insulting to give them a gift card. If it's like better or worse to just just say like we you know this person who has been who you've reported has been dismissed from the company. Like it's almost worse to give them like a gift card. It is. I mean, yes. it's like, a, it's it's a, a I can't payment. like, I, it, it's like, no, it's good that they got something for this, but also it's like, what? I mean, like, I don't know. I think the gift card is way more insulting than just like dismissing the person. Cause there's no amount of money payment. on that gift card to where you can't end the story with. And they gave me a gift card. And that still not sound insulting as hell. Yeah, like, and and what like what like 
it was it a fifty dollar gift card? Like you know, was they it some fucking it. UB bucks? Like <laughs> oh, I I I assumed it was Get a, a UB twenty percent discount. The U Play store. Oh yeah. Like, like it's a, oh, um, this is a small aside. I found out from a couple people that work at EA that. You don't get EA games for free if you're an employee. You get a discount to get EA games to purchase from their EA campus store. I'm like, is it a deep discount? They're like, eh, it's 40%. That's respectable. I'm like, that's that's fucking wild. Yeah, that's, not, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> we can buy the games at cost. <laughs> you made the game! You should be able to get it for free. Yeah, all you have to do is go to your workstation and hit yes, please, and then you have the free game. You That's just so download the build onto a Blu-ray, could, and you're like, I'm just taking this every, home. They could at least give everybody, like, a subscription to Origin Access Platinum. Like, my God. <laughs> but no, that's 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 where my mind yeah, went exactly. when they said, like, and then we gave them a gift card. I'm sorry we're focusing so much on the gift card thing. That was, like... The most fucked, one of the most fucked up paragraphs, and it's like I mean, the it's third just one. like it's like you, okay, you're in the HR department, you're in the HR meeting. It's like okay, how much is it going to cost for us to create a wholesome, non-rapey, shitty culture for everybody to work in? A lot of money, fuck. How much is it going to cost for us to give in each individual person this happens to a hundred dollar gift card? Less <laughs> Done. That one. All right. I we're shouldn't good. be laughing, but that's so ridiculous. Yeah, just, I mean, that's just, what that felt like. That it's just so... that just speaks volumes to how they view the victims. You know, yeah. It, it's not somebody. It's it's not something for somebody that they're gonna make any tangible changes for. It's just they're gonna give that the the aggressor a slap on the wrist, and then they're gonna say, "Yeah, here we did something. Now shut the hell up." Here's your take it's your a, money. I, okay, I think I figured out why this bothers me. It's very much a re- like an it's like an admission that they it's obviously an admission that they know something went wrong here. Yeah. But there's no broader like systemic action being applied to that. I mean, yeah. now with all of this heat, maybe that will change. Maybe that's you know. a good maybe that's a good thing. But like I think that's the thing. It's like it's like once they've issued the gift cards like we're done here. We're all good. It's like there's no broad. There was no broader recognition of a, uh, of the the reason why this was happening in the first place. How much? I found out. I found out the gift card amount. By the way, oh, it was a two hundred dollar Visa gift card. Mikey, were close. I I think Mike said a hundred dollar gift card. Yeah. This is At least it was a Visa off. gift card, so they can use it for whatever they want. But no, duh. that's so. St- Stupid! <laughs> That's so fucking It's all bad. But, okay, how much right now do you think Vivendi is going like, oh my god, we dodged a bullet. I can't believe we tried to buy these guys for four years. Uh, and they did fire the person yeah, that that's was a, that's a great question. Like, I, if I were the Vivendi exec right now, I'd be like, whew. Thank I god mean, they're already, the like, they're already, I mean, sure, I'm sure, like, they're already, already, like you know, they saw like one or two Ubisoft dance numbers after that, and like you know, we're okay actually, <laughs> we're good. Uh, and I, I think I watched that. Uh, I watched their like you know Nintendo Direct, but Ubisoft thing, and um, I honestly can't even remember anything that was on there. I uh, uh, their directs. Oh, I do remember. Uh, what? Because like Watch Dogs is on there now, and just like, 
like this is a slight pivot to other Ubisoft stuff, but like Watch Dogs feels just incredibly like I mean, considering our current moment, it's like making it's like uh, Watch Dogs I'm it's 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 almost terrifying how they've been able to like so completely separate like political like political radical aesthetic from actual like material politics because the game i mean the game is clearly just market is like clearly has like that you know trademark ubisoft centrism like that we're above the politics but it's like but it's steeped in all this imagery well all of this is going on around us and it's just like this oh my god it's like this it, ugh. it just makes your skin crawl it's like is an odd call but that game has been in development for like three to four years so i guess they can't just like pull the plug on it they're yeah like, i mean they're too late now but well. it'll come out and we'll be able to laugh at us that's good you, you know what Ubisoft always claims, like, none of our games are political. We're not trying to send the message. And then they release something like The Division 2, where Washington, uh, where the White House is on fire. And I was like, no, there's no politics here. Ah, uh, yes. Noted, <laughs> no a here. Noted a political writer, Tom Clancy. No politics. <laughs> no, Tom sir. Tom Clancy. <laughs> no, sir. No, no, mm -mm. Nope. Not, not, not a from, single. Not from the Clants. No, or sir. A paramilitary group tasked with keeping order in Washington, D.C. as it burns through the anarchy. There's no political message here. Also, the very opening of the, the Division 2, it starts off with a video saying, when the state started falling, only those with guns were able to stay safe. And then they ask, do you own a gun? And then it smash cuts to the opening menu. You're like, nah, nah, that's not political at all. Nah, nah. that's just a video game. <laughs> That's, Man, that's God, that, that you got your politics so in my video game. You got I your video game in my politics. Yeah, oh, you know what? This actually might be a perfect segue for. Wait, I just wanted to say I remember our next Shadow story. Asked me if I had a gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a game we should play through. Is that's sh that Shadow the Hedgehog game is really some fucking something. That game is wild. It's terrible. Oh, it's awful. It's something though. Oh my god. Uh folks, uh if you wanna really open up your third eye and go down the rabbit hole with me, I have another great story about dystopian gaming hell. Uh let me tell you about our boy our fine boys, the US Army. Oh, and their esports team. I might have to like excuse myself. Let me let me tell you about the U.S. Army esports team. Oh, Ray, God. put in some like you know fife and drum music here or something <laughs> while I'm reading these tweets. So, oh, a couple God. days ago, uh, U.S. Army esports were streaming some Call of Duty, uh, and people we're just experimenting in the chat being like hey when are you gonna talk about like war crimes and the auto mod had already like modded out like the phrase war crime <laughs> so people were like chatting like w4r 
C R I N three S. And it's just kind of hilarious because it's like, you know, we're in strange times. It's not just about someone, you know, challenging you to a push up contest in your high school cafeteria anymore. It's about getting the kids where they are, and that's gaming. Can I, can I rant for just five minutes about how much I despise the fact that the U.S. Army has an esports division? Oh, please, go, go. By all means. So I've never made it a secret that even me serving the Army, I didn't want to serve in the Army. The only reason I did is because that's the only way I could afford college at the time. America's education path system is fucked. I, I want to get mm-hmm. that out there. I was a poor, broke kid, um, and they recruited me by saying, how would you like to pay for college? By the way, I still have college uh, loans because... What they don't tell you is if you join the Army Reserve, you have to get deployed twice before they pay for all of the college. If you get deployed once to Iraq, they only pay for half of the college. That's I'm how they get you. fucking kidding. <laughs> I, they didn't tell me this. I wouldn't have signed up if they said, oh, no, I got to get deployed twice. That seems bad. Right, right. We're only paying you for two weekends of one month, one weekend a year. You, you don't get you don't get full time for that. And. <laughs> I uh, I just want to make you guys understand the level of of cringe that we're dealing with here. At uh, on Twitter, June thirtieth, Discord. Discord is your place to talk. And then there's a trailer for like Discord stuff. U.S. Army esports replies. Giant Wumpus plushie when Discord. How giant is giant? U.S. Army esports replies. Snorlax giant and has a picture of a Wumpus next to a, a giant Snorlax. And then Discord says, we'll ask the merch store boss lady. U.S. Army Esports says, ooh, and then does the heart emoji. Air Force Gaming quote tweets that. No one. Absolutely no one. U.S. Army Esports. Ooh. U.S. Army Esports replies, are y'all still salty about getting stomped by our Overwatch team? Uh, Pleading eyes finger thing. I just, I can just the keep. The internet was a mistake. Oh god! Oh god! Yes. Okay, uh, so- here's a great one from June twenty second. Uh, uh, Mixer announcing that they're closing. GG Mixer, sad face. See you at on Facebook Gaming slash U.S. Army Esports. This is the thing. The, they created the esports division as part of their recruitment division because apparently. Sniping out poor kids isn't enough. They gotta expand their reach because if you if you search on Google, it's no secret the recruitment numbers are down. Apparently, people are sick and tired of being in Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever other fucking desert country that we want to be in. It's not sexy anymore. People's like, it's tired. It's old. So they're like, well, we gotta get the gamers. We gotta get the Call of Duty <laughs> players. We like, gotta get out there. We need, we oh need, my god. We like, need more. Do- need more drone pilots. And Is that. It- can't can't wait to snap that Snorlax blocking my path. Oh. That Snorlax being the uh, uh, Shah of Iran or whatever. Oh my Mike, gosh. Mike, I don't I don't know if you 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 mentioned the 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 war crimes filter, which there are some lawyers who are saying they might be violating the First Amendment. I was going to get them bringing back. some legal action against them. Beautiful. But also, they you know they were run. Did you mention that that they were running some contests and. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, no, I didn't. The contest link, if you followed it, brought you to not a place to enter your information for a contest, but an army recruitment web page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which you know, you know a non-zero number of people are going to enter their information there thinking like, well, I guess this is just how I enter the contest. And then, you know, Sar call, Sarge from the recruitment office gives him a call. And six so weeks later, they're at boot camp. The army. <laughs> no, F I just wanted to run, win a Razor The United Adler. States Army Esports Rainbow Six team plays respect to house. Reply. The U.S. Army is always hiring. Join our elite okay. team. Visit GoArmy.com. This is like Happy birthday most... to U.S. Army. Achievement unlocked. 245th birthday. This is some of the most disgusting shit the Army has actually pulled in terms of recruitment. It's also so openly and nakedly desperate. You're like, you can taste the desperation seeping off of this. Oh, and I wanted to point this out. On Twitch, you know how they do the Twitch streams. They don't have the age filter engaged, so anyone below the age of whatever can watch their streams. Even though if you're recruiting, you should restrict it to at least 18 and up. They're like, nah, go younger, get them deeper. They, we know they're playing Call of Duty. That, that shit irks me something fierce. Like, if you want people to join your military, just have them join. Don't try to trick them into joining. Happy birthday at Discord. We got Wumpus some triple chocolate, if that's okay. I just... I, this is doing things to my soul and my brain that cannot be undone. I hope they fail. You're, you heard me, US Army. I hope your recruitment efforts via this avenue fail stupendously. Oh, yeah. They're, they're paying a million dollars per <laughs> ad buy so that uh, during actual esports competitions, people will say, oh, by the way, go Army. Dude, I love the fact that, like, oh, U.S. Army Esports, may the 4th be with you. Which hashtag Star Wars movie is your favorite? I, I want to like, follow their Twitter. Someone should, uh, someone should tell the U.S. Army Esports about what George Lucas was going for in that first Star Wars movie. I'll, uh, I'll let them figure I, it out. I am they can decreeing, look it up. I'm now decreeing, I'm now decreeing all brands must be silent on Twitter, except for when they reply to me being salty about bad customer service at them that's the only time brands are allowed to talk on twitter anymore just, i thought you loved i just it, it just i yeah, just right. there's I just something just plot. so like I, I i saw this was happening it was like this we have to this is this, this is so built for us to talk about it's just like god these fucking stick up oh this, this <laughs> I'm, is I'm, I'm losing my mind it's like, ooh, join the army. You can play games and bomb school buses. So I, I want to talk. A Get a plushie bit. for a, a wampus. God, I am. I want to talk a little bit about what Josh said because that's actually really. Important. I'm so tired. So the U.S. Army obviously is a federal government faction, and whenever they enter into a public space, they are technically entering into a public forum as the, a government entity. So when they start banning people off of Twitch and banning people from Discord, they actually are violating your First Amendment right because the government is taking direct action. Dude. action on your free speech. So uh, there's a lawyer looking into that, and I hope they 
wreck their shit. <laughs> Time to just go copy paste a couple of Wikipedia articles and uh, get to work here. I, I better. <laughs> I should probably subscribe to their Twitch now so they don't have to have like a, a six month like waiting period to use the chat or something. I better get on top of that. I actually uh, just started following them on Twitter to see the cringe that they post. Apparently they constantly fight the Air Force esports team. I guess they have a deal going. Maybe that's the only team they fight. That's probably the only team that they. The internet was. Josh is right. The inter the internet was a mistake. Technology was a mistake. I've become a tribalist. We need to go back to the way things were two hundred thousand years ago. It's the <laughs> only way. We have to restart. That's so we're, we're back to the we're trees. doomed. We have to go. Bird, all right, back in the tree, everyone. Start regrowing your tail. This is the only option. Go we got to restart. We gotta go. We got it all the way back. Go it's on. only, only. Take it. <laughs> it's the only thing we can do to begin to undo what has been done. It's the only solution. That's not the actually only solution. I'm just making a joke. Hey, Barry. Hey, Mike. Instead of that, what? do you want to hear about some tech that you might be able to buy in a couple years? Because you know, why not? Keep keep with keep my margin with keep my the margin progress going on. With my army bucks, hell yeah. 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 So, Josh's Tech Minute, I've got a couple things to talk about. Um, some rumors have been going around recently that the new Ampere uh, NVIDIA 3000 series uh, graphics cards are going to require the brand new, yet to be announced, 12 pin connector. Um, this thing can apparently somehow run like 600 watts through it, which is absurd so this thing is obviously going to be high performance and is definitely coming but it sounds like that um for the most part the 12 pin will only be required for like oem chips sets like things that are made by system integrators or put on um cards like that maybe some reference board models might have it um but then mm -hmm. in all likelihood too nvidia might include some sort of adapter um but that does mean that there are there is a potential for new power supplies to be needed in the near future, um, especially because there are also some rumors that the 22-pin um, connector for the motherboard is going to be changed in the near future in a new ATX standard. So very interesting things to watch as the kind of next generation happens. We also saw that the DDR5 spec was officially set um, this week, so uh, all the memory timings and issues with that and, and how those are going to be. Um, I think they said we could see DIMMs with that on it as early as next year. Um, but this year, AMD officially announced that the Ryzen 4000 series Zen 3 consumer chips are still on track to be released in 2020. Um, they had talked about some of the server processors being released this year. Um, these 4000 series mobile chips have already launched and are in laptops now but there was some confusion of whether or not their 4000 series uh, desktop chips would be available this year and they confirmed today um, the 21st of July that yes 2020 we will see the 4000 series uh, Zen 3 Ryzen chips they're still on the 7 nanometer um, process but you know we're expecting a lot from them out of this um, you know they just had their XT refresh for some of their uh, 3000 stuff because they've obviously just gotten better at making those mm -hmm. um, making those chips and getting better binning and whatnot um, so especially with the way that Intel has been stuck on 14 nanometer for so long the issues that have been 
arising from the the 10 series that they have um i have some pretty big hopes for this this new uh 4000 series chipset so should be seeing that this year um really <laughs> really just amd continuing to stick it to intel um i, I i'm gonna call it now oh my god i think that these 4000 series chips are gonna not only beat intel in core count but i think they're gonna beat them on clock speed gosh this hate boner for intel always expands never diminishes nope i mean you know right now we're talking we're dealing with this 10 10 thousand series chips that they can't seem to get a control you know handle on and limiting arbitrarily memory speeds unless you buy one of the z series boards even if you have the overclocking chip on one of the mid or mid or upper high mid boards they will limit your your ram timings to like 2900 megahertz while ryzen's using like up to 4000 megahertz ram and the intel doesn't have like intel doesn't have to arbitrarily limit it like they're cutting almost a gigahertz of speed off the ram just because you didn't buy the quote-unquote overclocking board because fuck you that's why there have also been some some folks who have said like you know that also might help people realize that there's not a lot of overclocking headroom on these ten thousand these ten series chips because they have literally taken the performance to the red line and there's just nothing left they mm-hmm. they they have nothing left to give but maybe you know a hundred megahertz here and there if you go you know if you have also increased ram speed you'll realize oh. I spent an extra hundred dollars to get a K series chip. That doesn't mean anything because Intel is trying to bleed this dead horse as best they can. I won't disagree that Intel has seemed like for the longest time they're just resting on their laurels and just charging more money for fractions of power increases. But there's gotta be a reason seem- why they're still market leaders. I yeah, mean- that seems like a thing that. You're, the resting on your laurels seems like an odd thing to do when it's becoming pretty clear that like AMD is going to be a lot smarter choice for a lot of people. Everyone I just I know that's building a PC. They've all switched to AMD. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know I'm thinking in the next year or two, you know, I, I you know, I'll have a Ryzen four or a Ryzen five series chip in my computer in the in the next few years. Like I just. Unless Intel changes something drastic in the next couple of releases, I just don't imagine that I would go with an Intel chip, even if it is slightly faster in gaming performance. Everything else, if you ever do any sort of like work on your computer, whether or not that's you know video, photo editing, you know anything that requires multi-core solutions, like you just you just cannot beat the price to performance you get out of the Ryzen processors. Um, and and I don't know at what point Intel starts like I know Intel has like eleven billion dollars to cash on hand. They have their hands in a lot of different pots, but like you know they have lost an incredible amount of market share to AMD in the um, you know consumer high end desktop space. They have lost their entire entire Apple business. You know both AMD and um, you know 
new silicon makers are nipping at their heels when it comes to the server space you know the the, the amount of folks who are putting out you know new arm processors for the server space the right you know amd's epic line like at what point does intel actually start to feel worried and think we have to actually do some innovation again rather than just saying like hey you know that uh 14 nanometer plus 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 add another plus <laughs> uh i just looked it up just to be sure the new ps5s will also run on amd architecture much like the PS4s and Xbox Ones do, I yep. think the Xbox Series X will run on AMD as well. Yes, both both um, PS5 and Series X are similar. Um, I want to say they're eight eight core oh, AMD situations. I, I just looked it up. Uh, they're both running custom AMD Zen 2 CPUs. Yeah, seven nanometers for the yep. Xbox Series X, which is uh, that's impressive. Yeah, so I you know, good good for AMD. Um, I'll be very excited to see those benchmarks when they come out with the the four thousand, and I I just I just had that suspicion that AMD is going to beat the clocks this time. That, that's one thing. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. As much as I love that you've been for the past six years <laughs> sitting on. <laughs> in- Intel, biding my time intel always performs better in real world tests compared to amd similar cpus josh your answer to this um because games are still in favor of single core performance so if you have a higher clock speed if you're running at 4.8 5.1 gigahertz while your competition's at 3.8 you know 4.2 you're gonna have that slight edge because you have that frequency advantage on the single core but especially with the way that the new consoles are being in made the way that amd has pushed multi-core to be you know net net people don't just have dual cores and quad cores anymore like you can count on a lot of people having six eight even 12 cores you know a lot more games are learning to support that multi-core environment so yes right now intel does have the the slight edge in gaming because of that frequency advantage but that that lead is going to diminish as more and more games start to take advantage of multi-threaded performance as well as just amd getting better at their processes and making up the gap in that frequency performance um i also think when you talk about like hey if if you're gaming and doing anything besides that so if you are gaming and recording or gaming and streaming or gaming and doing some other task in the background you're still going to be better off having an amd chip because you're going to have that extra headroom in your you know 10 extra cores and threads to do those other things versus intel where you you may have half or fewer cores and threads i mean i think the 10900k is a 10 core processor and that's their high end where the others are like six where is you know amd's high end consumer chip is like a 16 core processor so this is ridiculous there, there's nothing you i or mike probably could do at the same time that will justify that much 
I mean, you could run two copies of Destiny at the same time. Oh. If you have a six-core CPU, you could probably do that right now. Like I actually found a way to launch the Steam version and found a way to launch like Destiny One somehow side by side they were probably run on your computer and they run like at 30 frames per second it's funny you mentioned that linus tech tips has a video that they launched like a week ago now it's on a laptop but they played two videos simul two video games simultaneously um from a laptop um trying to see if i can't find it um yeah, this this laptop runs two games at the same time because it has like this normal screen, but then it has this other screen on the deck. So they were playing like Rocket League on one, and then um, I can't remember what the other game was on the other, but like it, they were literally running two games on the laptop. Yeah, that. I mean, your computer right now could do it. You probably just don't because that eats away a lot of RAM. You need a, a lot of RAM to, like, make up for it, but most CPU boards Yeah, and, I mean, Chrome takes up 80% of my RAM day-to-day -day anyway, so... You need so. Mm -hmm. not yeah. have a Chrome tab open anywhere when you're doing this nonsense. Even even when you don't have Chrome open, Chrome is still running in the background. Just be like, what if I took two gigabytes of RAM? Just, more! Just, just more! Just more! Of this. Can I hold on to this? When I need it. You might, you might, you might launch me in a second, and I need to be ready to go. I'm just gonna law. I'm just gonna reserve 500 tabs to be open instantly, just in case. <laughs> it's, it's it's Chrome's go bag. Just like, hey, when when you tell me to go, I got I gotta I gotta be ready. And then you actually do open a tab. I was like, okay, I need two more RAM sticks over here. <laughs> the two I was holding on. Yeah, that's enough. why you get that's why you get two eight gig sticks of RAM. One for Chrome, one for everything else. I, I have literally thought about because I have 16 gigs of RAM and I've literally thought about like, what if I got a 32 gig kit just because Chrome <laughs> takes up so much? You're you you're joking, Mike, but you're not wrong. When I'm like doing something heavy gaming, I think I was playing Ace Combat Seven like a couple months ago. Having a Chrome tab open did eat up like six to eight gigs. Just having a YouTube video running in the background podcast yeah see that's the problem with destiny is that like i need to have a chrome tab open so i can hot swap on like my loadouts very quickly if i forget something but that's a problem sense. but yeah that's the uh that's the josh tech minute that's a lot a lot of stuff you know coming here in the next year or so so i'm gonna change it from josh tech minute to the josh dunks on intel minute that's normally what it turns into. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of does. I mean, uh, I wasn't gonna say it, but the second I can get Intel, the second I can get Intel out of this bad boy, the better. Yeah. By the way, we never we said it was the Josh. It, we never said it was the Josh apolitical or, or uh, um, you know, unopinionated tech minute. I never claimed minute. to be unbiased in this segment. Exactly. It's not the unbiased tech minute. I want everyone to know that Josh has been using Intel hardware for like as long as he's been dunking on them. Hey, I mean, I have a 6700K in this machine. At the time, it was pretty much the highest end gaming processor you could get. I think they were still selling the, you know, the FX3080. Like, they were selling the FX chips at the time, which were already out of date. So, like, you know, now if I had waited like a year, I would have been in the early Ryzen territory, but, uh, you know. It's fine.
is what it is. All right, I think that takes us to the end of our podcast, actually. Unless you guys have anything else? Uh, no, I think that's a pretty great place to wrap it up. I, you know, I have one more thing. Is it bug snacks? No, it's called unscriptedgaming.com. Oh, got him. Go there to keep up to date on everything we could got going on. Uh, in case you don't want to go to unscriptedgaming.com because you don't believe in bespoke websites anymore, what do you know? We're on Twitter at unscript underscore gaming. We're on Facebook at unscripted game podcast. You can get us on soundcloud.com slash unscripted dash gaming. You can get us on Apple iTunes, that's the same thing. Google, anywhere you get your podcast, we're there. Get us in your ears. Get us in your eyes. Get us wherever you want to be. Google, what are you doing right now? Please stop. <laughs> You're okay, Google, turn his house, turn Josh's house to 90 degrees. It's that temperature. No. Google, tell the boys and girls th- to have a great day. Uh, damn it. All right. Well, this has been Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. My name is OK Google. Oh my goodness. Peace. Turn Josh's house to 90 minutes. Or shit, 90 degrees. <laughs> Fuck. Peace.